proudest day and the proudest time and the, the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever Gears, the Rally Podcast, Season 2, Episode 32. Um, before we start this episode, I'd like to pay our condolences and respects to the family of Drew Wiley, who sadly passed away. Drew was a, a strong supporter of historic rally over the last few years and a tremendous competitor over the years as well, too. Um, no Connor to speak to this weekend, so just me you have to listen to. So talk will be kept to a minimum tonight uh, um, this episode. Um, uh, you know, Really busy again, uh, so catch up with Fergus Barlow, who won the Mull Rally at the weekend. Fantastic story, you know, uh, local guy done good, really, you know, and it's, it's a real nice story. Uh, also then caught up with Jimmy Edwards, kind of on foot of talking to Marty and Barney last week. Jimmy is the FIA delegate in the Historic Championship, and just kind of get a wee bit of a behind-the-scenes story from his point of view too and I, I thought that was a very interesting story there as well and then finally we spoke to Kevin O'Driscoll and we can take a wee quick look back at 2023 and looking forward to 2024 and what that has in store too so uh, without further ado I think uh, we catch up with Fergus and his thoughts on the Mull Rally. Fergus Barlow, winner of the Mull Rally 2023, it's a few days after it but I would say it still sounds good that has got a good ring to it. <laughs> it definitely has a good ring to it, yeah. Now, nah, uh, boyhood dream has basically come through to yeah win my local event, the Mull Rally. Uh, so, yeah, that's actually given me kind of goosebumps up my, my arm, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. what a, a list of names you've joined. You know, like the, the locals have been, you know, it's an event that it's, it's fell to local drivers so many times. But, you know, to have your name on that trophy along some of the greats, like McKinnon, Duffy, you know, McCrone, all those guys, and your name now alongside them, that's, for a local lad, as you say, that's special. It definitely is, and it's it's actually interesting that you kind of pick up on that because uh, myself and my brother Craig were having a look at the trophy and um, uh, Daniel Harper uh, kind of, uh, you know, created these uh, trophies back in 2010. And, um, you know, since then, obviously, we lost the rally for a few times with insurance issues uh, and then obviously COVID, as with everyone. But since, you know, over the last kind of uh, 13 years, there was only four names on there. Um, and now I'm one of them. So uh, a serious privilege. And, and it's nice to keep it local as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've got, we've got to keep it away from them. So, you know, <laughs> I, played, I played my part. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you, yeah. know, uh, you know, what the rally has turned them to be, like, it's really captured the you know, the, the wider public's imagination beyond Mull. Like, you know, the BRC was there a few couple of years ago and like there's guys travelled from all over the UK to go and compete in it. It's, it's more than just, a, a, you know, a national rally. It has become something, you know, epic, mysterious. Like there's stories about Mull, you know, it's almost legendary. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it's an extremely unique event. Uh, and I think the, the, the uniqueness comes from... Um, you know, the appeal of all these night stages, you know, so you're setting off into the dark. Now, I know this year we did a slightly different format, but, um, you know, there was still a huge amount of uh, night stages involved. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and, the, you know, historically there always has been, you know, you're setting off into the night. And um, to be honest, <clears throat> I think like, locals have historically gone well because we have that local knowledge and you know when you're coming over these blind crests and the lights are shooting at the sky and you can't really see you know you can work on your pace notes as you know as, as best you can but still if you've been over that road many many times you you know that it's just a slight wee nick left and that's just keeps you you know kind of safe and true you know not even necessarily quick but keeps you out of danger you know but um <clears throat> i suppose you know <laughs> if you're a local lad, you're kind of become quite comfortable, you know, passing like the the Greben rocks, they call them, and you've got rocks flying at this side and water over that side, and it can be quite uh, kind of nerve-wracking. So, you know, I think that can put, um, you know, <laughs> a lot of people off in that sense. But, um, you know, it's <clears throat> a hugely different event, uh, you know, 
anything that we've got available. Like that's why, you know, it's got that term, you know, the best rally in the world. And that's what we've kind of, you know, worked on for, for many years. And, um, you know, I truly believe it is, you know, it's, um, it's just an, an incredible event. You know, we've done uh, some rallies, uh, you know, over the years, you know, around kind of British championship and over your way in Ireland as well. And, you know, there's um, <clears throat> there's not a lot of times where you're bolting on the uh, the spot lamps and then you're you're firing into the night stages, you know. And I tell you what, uh, I did do some gravel stuff. I remember I did some night stages, and I remember I was at a huge disadvantage. See, because I didn't have my local knowledge, and I'd finally kind of, you know, gone out of my own pond into somewhere else. Oh, they just cleaned up, you know. That <laughs> was like I'm, I totally didn't know what to do. So it kind of works in in both ways. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, in that sense, you know, credit where credit's due. You watch uh, what Matt Edwards did when he came to Mull. Yeah. I think uh, he had an astonishing drive, and it shows you that um, local knowledge is 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 good, absolutely. However, if you're going to drive, you know, this uh, you know a proper professional level, it doesn't matter whether you know the roads or not. If as long as you're driving to the pace note in the same way that you would a track, or as if you knew the road, then it doesn't actually matter. So. Um, you know, hats off. Credit where credit's due um, to uh, Matt Edwards when he came mm -hmm. uh, straight in and did so well. Yeah, and I remember chatting to some of the junior guys, you know, William and Kelly and all that over at that time. And they said the, the way that the, the weekend built up, because you were out doing the reggae and there was guys there in the camper vans, you know, from Wednesday and Thursday onwards. And nearly by the time you were passing them, you almost felt you knew them because they were out cheering you on. You were doing your reggae and the, the fever's just yeah. held continuously for the for the whole few days you're there before the rally even starts. Oh, <clears throat> absolutely. And, um, you know, historically, that is, I suppose you've kind of touched on something there. Like that is uh, uh, kind of why it's more than just a, a rally. It's an event. It's a, it's a whole thing, you know, Um it's kind of people come and they spend the whole week there because you can't just nip over to Mull just on the whim for a few days. And what tends to happen is that, you know, the financial input from the tourism that's off the back of the rally is huge. And as you say, um, you know, you're coming up the week before or maybe two weeks before, you know, you're up wrecking. And of course, we've got that open recce, don't we? We don't just have two passes at, you know, 40 kilometres an hour with the trackers in it, whatever. You know, you could literally come up in the summer on a holiday with the family and you and you can go around and drive the roads as many times as you want. Mm. So it's it's a hugely different kind of challenge that, isn't it? And it, it's almost, it welcomes you to bridge the gap uh, and try and get your own bit of local knowledge, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. excellent, excellent. And then, you know, like this year, you know, it was one of those like just mad events. Like, you know, I'm sure you'll admit yourself, you weren't going to be the fastest driver there. It was only your third event in a two or four wins right car. Like, but to yeah. go there and you know, to be in like a rally two car, like you talked earlier on about boyhood dream come true. True, like even to compete in a rally two fiesta is epic. Oh. To do it at your home stage is even more epic. To suddenly then, I'm leading this rally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it <clears throat> it is an absolute. It is a dream come true, and there's so many like stars have aligned to make this whole thing happen. Um, you know, the biggest credit for all this, and I, and, I, and I keep saying this, is my brother Craig Barlow. Uh, he comes over from uh, New Zealand. He spends a lot of time away, you know, from his family and his, his children and stuff. And there's a huge amount of sacrifice that comes into it. And he comes over and when um, uh, I was, I had a co-driver set up for uh, two years ago, the first year that we did it in the uh, in the Subaru. And I remember calling him and uh, the co-driver had actually pulled out and I says, look, Craig, what's happening with your work? Are you going to be able to, can you make it? I says, look, do you want to do the rally? And he was like, yeah, let's make it happen. Let's do it. And Craig is a very unique character in that, you know, he's, you know, he's so passionate about it, but he will not let the fun dissipate into that. So when you're sitting with Craig, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy the whole experience. He doesn't let, he says, you know, look, Ferg, why spend all this money, sacrifice, time away from home, time away from, you know, family and, you know, your your home and your friends and, you know, all the work and, and, the, and all the sacrifices that go into it to come and be miserable. You know, so it's, it's, it's so welcoming, you know, getting on the interviews and going, do you know what? I'm just going to speak like how I feel, you know, I don't care what they're going to say and go, oh, he's mental. And, you know, I, it's actually quite funny. You know, we've been the victim of this in the past. 
you know, you get to a, a pairing like myself and Craig and you think, oh my God, like obviously I look really young for my age. And, you know, kind of taking this youngster kind of seriously. And then you've got Craig in the background shouting and laughing and cheering. <laughs> you're like, are we going to actually let these lads loose in the car? But ultimately, you know, we've got a deep professionalism that comes and, you know, we're not afraid to enjoy ourselves with the helmet off, but as soon as the helmet goes on, it's business as usual. You know, yeah. we leave no stone unturned. You know, some people would say, you know, that you're kind of, uh, you know, obsessive, but then, you know, <laughs> on, on the other side of that, you would say passionate, we would call it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know how true that people would say that, but, you know, just leaving no stone unturned, wrecking as much as you can, being extremely clinical with the pace notes, you know, it's it's such an artwork. I feel, you know, writing all the old pay, our own pace notes and and just putting in these little bits and going, you know, maybe we can cut that, maybe we can't, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, uh, big hats off to uh, Ryan and Noel Lochran for um, basically welcoming us in, but not uh, you know having any uh, prejudice about us, not like uh, you know treating us any different because we're uh, you know. A pair of mad hatters, to be honest, you know, because it's an expensive car, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's like over a quarter of a million pounds car. And, uh, you know, although it's insured and whatever, still, you don't want us wrecking your car. Yeah. So, um, you know, big hats off to them for trusting us with their, uh, you know, their pride and joy. Yeah, and like you know, we've talked to a good few people over you know the last couple of years, and the, you know, that ever they say that these you know R five rally two cars, like you think you found the limit, but there's so much more to come. And they they seem to be a fantastic piece of kit. Like on the gravel, they blow everybody's mind. On the tar, like the power. It's maybe not out and out power. It's not going to throw you. Like, but it's the braking, it's the handling, all those things that are essential for like a rally like Mull. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's quite interesting that they, you kind of like put it like that because, to be all in all honest, I am. Um, I actually expected the mid to top range to be, you know, a lot more powerful. But, you know, it's, it's when you come into that, you actually just remember it is just a 1.6 litre engine at the end of the day. But then it's when you come into a corner and, you know, rather than jumping on the brakes and kind of locking it up, if you're kind of progressive on the brakes, you know, you find that that weight shifts onto the front. And then once the weight transfer is, you know, started to go and then really stamp on it. And, you know, if you didn't have the belts on, I'm, I'm fairly sure you'd be through the windscreen. You know, the, the braking, like just every whack, you know, straight forward. It's, um, you know, it's just so fun. And then, you know, that mid corner stuff in the way that the, the torque is there and it's available to dig you out of a problem. Do you know, if you come in and you've, you've kind of got her a bit sideways or whatever, you just give it a wee, a wee punch and give it to her and she'll take it all day of the week. You know, it just, you can dig yourself out of some great stuff and, you know, over the bumps and dump, jumps and crests and stuff, it was extremely enjoyable, extremely enjoyable. You know, I can't afford to be going out all the time. You know, to be honest, I couldn't afford to do this, but, you know, you know, huge stacks of, you know, optimism and some, you know, massive help from, you know, big shout out to uh, our dad, Steve Barlow from Aquasky uh, and uh, Vivian, uh, who has uh, my dad's wife, Vivian, who has financially supported us, um, you know, for all our tires and stuff. And over all the years, they've, they've had a huge support, you know, so huge thank you to them. And, you know, we could not have done this without Viking Offshore. Huge, uh, you know, hats off to Damien at Viking Offshore. He literally came in and saved the day. You know, it was still looking like uh, there was no chance that we're going to bring this together. And he says, look, I think I can help you out. He said, you know, kind of falling out of rallying himself and, you know, the issues and the strains that that causes that mm -hmm. we're all familiar with. And he says, well, what about if I can put something back into a youngster who's kind of wanting to, kind of get to that and achieve that mm -hmm. goal and he was part of this process and it was it was really a fantastic process for him to be part of because it wasn't only financial input it was I feel like we've got a new friendship there do you know he's with similar mindsets you know he's a bit you know mental and a bit rough and tumble the same as we are you know so we've got that in common you know there's no like having to go oh he's our title sponsor let's be polite and speak to him all dead nice and say oh i think the car's handling very well and yeah we're going to take it very easy here or this you know we come up and we're going you know we're we're effing and blinding and going oh we had a great old stage in there and he's and he's loving it you know and 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 to be honest that's the kind of pairing that we want you know yeah. 
at the end of the day, if 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 I've got any sort of platform now to kind of you know push something, it would be to right. We we need to enjoy this. Let's yeah. not take it too seriously. I know that that's difficult to say when it costs so much money, but look, if you can't enjoy it, then why bother? Bother? Yeah, I think this is this is your relief from work. This is your downtime. And if you can't go and enjoy it, like you know, it's like somebody going to play golf or you know somebody else going swimming or whatever. This is your you know your blown off steam, and you have to you have to enjoy that, do that, because if you're not enjoying it, you're not get rid of that you know that steam or whatever out of your system. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And. It's nice that I've kind of carried this on through my kind of rallying career, if that's what you want to call it. You know, I've only done you know, a kind of handful of rallies here and there. Did a bit of stuff over your way in the past, you know, when uh, John Armstrong and uh, Robert Dugan were fighting for that championship that they were. And uh, and obviously, you know, we've got Callum Devine and, you know, kind of rallying against him. And what I loved then was that, I always felt that I could kind of like bridge that gap. You know, obviously they're fighting for big championships and they're all serious, but you know, you just go in and you be yourself and you have a bit crack with them, you know, and you get, and you wind up and, you know, I, I made some good friendships, you know, over, over the years, especially over UAE, you know, some, some cracking lads and some cracking times and, you know, great out after it, you know, having the beer and, you know, just having the crack and, you know, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And, you know, it's amazing to see how well, you know, everyone's doing and, mm-hmm. you know, Callum, you know, over there winning Donegal. Just, it's fantastic to see, to see the process, you know, from them starting going up and them going, ah, you, you are a bunch of mad buggers, you, aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, that's me, you know, like, ah, yeah, you know, I feel quite proud. <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm sure Emma, kind of Sherry, them Emma, move on in their yeah. rallying career. Aye. And Emmett Sherry, I'm sure if he's listening, he's taking full credit for your one and mull as well because it was him put you on the right path. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, we had some great times, and he was, uh, you know, a big part of the team, uh, Emmett. Yeah. So I think we did. Uh, it was maybe one or two rallies with him, and then, um, yeah, he kind of moved on and had to do a rally with somebody else at the time, and then we got Leon Jordan and yeah. uh, another yeah, fantastic navigator. You no, know, so we 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 really had some good times, and a big shout out to Robbie Harold as well. Uh, yeah. Oh boy, at uh, Bishop's Court in the in the R two car, and uh, so we jumped in the car, and, and he says, "Right, are we are we going to go for it?" And uh, he's like, All "Right, what are we doing for? Are we doing for some pace notes or whatever?" And I says, "Aye, I've, I've I've written some here," and he's like, "All right, okay, okay." So whips out you know the side of a fag packet and writes on these post notes right and then and then we go into the first couple of corners and he, he had a bit of an attempt at it. he says oh i'm not reading these and he, and he chucks them away and then we're just having a right old crack so oh and he, and you know he phoned he phoned me up the other day he, he phones me up um yeah oh he's a funny old bugger you know he, i think he had a problem with his leg or whatever and he says he was walking like he was jane um He's walking like he'd uh, been uh, shot in the leg or something. He's limping <laughs> along, and you know, he was just. And I was on the phone having a right old crack with him, exactly. and and you know, it's really nice that these are relationships that have kind of continued on. Continued, so. yeah. Uh-huh. Like so, so I suppose like the one at the weekend. I suppose is that you know, is it going to be hard to keep going, or is it but you know, looking forward to this time again next year? Oh, <laughs> we're kind of uh, we're kind of uh, a bit buggered now, aren't they? I think once you've got the taste of that rally two car, you know, jumping in the likes of a one hundred and six or a wee front wheel drive thing is uh, it's not really going to cut the mustard, is it? So we're kind of uh, spoiled in that sense. Um, but yeah, I think uh, uh, Damien at Viking Offshore is extremely keen to the look to kind of making you know uh, the Vikings return uh, in the kind of sense of maybe like a you know a two car Viking Offshore rally team with a potential pairing of. Uh, Myself and John McCrone is is certainly something that can be can be looked into. The, you know, so that that that's that's what's going to go for kind of our side and the driver side of getting and in, back into it. How, but uh, I think my dream has always been to uh, get like my mull rally when uh, you know kind of under my belt and then give back. It's so important to bring up the youngsters and and inspire the next generation. Uh, that's something that I'm quite passionate about, and I've got a few ideas I want to kind of venture into. Um, to try and get rid of that kind of like unjust nature, which I've you know found and fell victim to uh, in the past, where the person that's got the right sponsorship letter or the biggest contacts gets the most sponsors, and they potentially don't need all of it. Um, and then the person that um, doesn't actually manage to do the rally, 
but um, uh, if they'd got their entry fee paid for, then that would have made the difference and got them over the line. Mm-hmm. I basically want to get all the local businesses and use my kind of platform um, to kind of like run like a scheme that, 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 that gets rid of this unjust nature. So I'll go around and speak to all the businesses and say, look, every year you give £200 to one person. Why don't you give me £300 or £400, which is completely tax deductible, and instead of giving it to one person, we'll, we'll spread it amongst everyone. Uh, you know, and you know, the people that's going to make the difference, the, the young folk that, um, you know, don't have the money to do it, that can, you know, they can only dream of doing it and then the back and then, you know, so my, my dream would be to be able to start this sort of uh, scheme um, to get all the businesses to put in and then we'll share it out evenly between, you know, maybe six to ten drivers in, in the first instance. But the optimistic future for that um, is that, you know, you will have entry fees paid for for, you know, all the all the young people and not necessarily young, but the people that were struggling, you know, that's just kind of stringing a car together uh, kind of that grassroots rally and to get them rallying that's 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 important to me uh, but again you know the optimistic future is then to kind of bring up maybe have like um uh you know like a like a car get built from a v106 or a course or something and then get the youngsters involved in building that teaching them the mechanics of it all get them involved take them out recce and teach them what is what's the difference between a pace note and a root note you know what is all the different numbers what what does it all mean you know, like try and teach them all this. How, you know, how do we approach sponsors and how do we do all this? So, um, you know, I would also like to see either an all women's team or at least a women driver. There's, you mm-hmm. know, some dangerously quick uh, women drivers on the island that I know. And I would love to see some of them behind the helm, you know, and really sticking it to them, get up there. Because, you know, we need the we need the young girls that are watching on going, do you know what? It, this isn't just a like a guy's game. Sport, I think yeah, we, we, we have a yeah. good chance of this as anybody. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, so that's kind of like uh, what I want to do. I want to kind of give back uh, and, you know, kind of figure out a way around that would be good. So, well, yeah. Fergus, we'll, we'll watch this space with interest. So uh, definitely that, I thought Fergus was saying there towards the end, that sounds really exciting, that initiative that, you know, that came back. And I think that's a fantastic idea. And really looking forward to seeing how that's going to progress over the, the next few months and years, you know. Uh, also, as I said earlier, catching up with Jimmy Edwards, Jimmy, campaigner, um, you know, but his job now at the moment is FIA delegate for the European Historic Championship. And I just think that's a fascinating championship. Has the variety of cars, the variety of events they go to, you know, uh, like Marty and Barney championed it last week there. So we'll so, get yeah, a wee bit more info and no better man to, to speak to than Jimmy. We had Marty and Barney on recently and they extolled the virtues of the, the championship, Jimmy. So we thought we'd get yourself on. To give us a wee bit more of an insight into it, like it looks like an absolutely fascinating championship. You know, some iconic rallies, some iconic, you know, stages, you know, events that they're going to, areas they're going to. Um, it it looks mega from the outside. What's it like to be involved in it? Pretty much what you've said. And so, firstly, <laughs> thanks very much for for having me on as well this week, which is much appreciated. Um, it's a great championship. You know, the FIA European Historic Rally Championship is one of those probably. I guess you could almost call it a bit of a hidden gem um, because not everybody knows about the championship, but uh, it covers nine rounds across Europe. There's a bit of a split in terms of tarmac and gravel. So we've got at the moment currently seven tarmac events to gravel. Um, but yeah, as you said, some iconic locations as well. You know, we've got events in Finland, San Remo, Acropolis. Um, you know, there's some classic names there. But we've also got a real balance of events as well. So we've got things like Costa Brava, Asturias in northern Spain. We also go um, to places like Hungary, Austria for some, you know, super rallies on on tarmac there. Some really sort of high speed, very fast and flowing stages. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic series to be involved in with the variety of it. And and I guess that the, the way that we try and look at it from from our side is that it's a series about fun. And there's something for everybody. If you want to come and run at the very sharp end in, you know, a car up until 1990 specification, you're more than welcome. But equally, if you want to just come and bring any car from up until the 1990 era and just enjoy yourself, then there's a platform for that. And that's what we're here for. We're here to encourage a fun, um, a fun but fair championship. And I think that's certainly something that I know Marty and Barney mentioned um, on the podcast last week, that they felt that, you know, it's a fair championship. We do take the that that side of it, the technical side of it, very seriously. But um, 
but we're there to have fun. All of us are there to have fun. Yeah, because like you know, I suppose the kind of guys who's doing this, they're they're realistic enough to know that they're not going to be, you know, as they go out and won the event or the one they pass, they're not going to get signed up, you know, you know, high on there or whatever. It's they're they're there. It's their relaxation away from work and their downtime as such, and they want to have a bit of crack doing that. Yeah, exactly, and that and that that is the ethos of the championship. You know, the way we try and run the events, typically they they're a day and a half. Um, 130 kilometers, 140 kilometers of stages. Um, we try and keep to relatively early finishes on the days as well. Maybe we'll have one day that could finish, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock in the evening, but the next day would only finish probably at five o'clock. And the reason for that is because we know is also a social element to the championship. You know, people like to get together for a glass of wine or a beer, um, a bite to eat together. And there's a real sort of camaraderie amongst the people that do it. You know, we get people from all walks of life. We have people that are clearly multi-billionaires and we have people who are at the very very opposite end of the scale and do very do do things very much on a shoestring stay in airbnbs um you know very humble about how they go rallying using secondhand tires and things like that and and everybody is welcome there's no snobbery there's no elitism in the championship we're just there to enjoy it it's just a celebration of rallying and 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 older cars but obviously running to, to modern safety standards so i think it's a really nice mix of everything yeah, and like, you know, we think of historic rally in Ireland and in the UK, like it's almost like a, a Mark II challenge sometimes, you know, but the, the variety of cars we see in these European events, it's, it is mind-blowing, like it's right from like wee small Fiat's right through to, to Stratus's Quattro's, you know, and the, even now starting to slip into the, the four-wheel drive Group A cars, like these are yeah. the cars that would have been on our walls growing up, and to see these back on the stages again, it, it's, it's, it's epic. It's just fantastic. You know, one of the highlights for my sort of rally weekend when I'm at the events is I always, always try and get at least one stage starting somewhere, right? So people think that I'm probably doing some kind of covert FIA operation or something, but it's not. Just I'm just the same as everybody else. I'm just a rally enthusiast and a fan. And there is nothing, you know, I was at the shakedown for, um, uh, the shakedown for San Remo the other day. And we had, for example, you know, a Lancia Stratos, then a BMW M3. Then we had a Peugeot 205 rally. Then we had a, you know, a Ford Escort. Then we had something, and a Peugeot 309. And then it was just a list of all these cars that you don't always see that often. Everyone put a smile on your face. You know, one of, one of the cars that I loved to see last weekend was um, just a, a very simple uh, Vauxhall Nova, you know, in the sort of old works livery and stuff like that. And you just think, oh, that's nice. And that's, I think that's one of the things that I enjoy the most about the championship is that, there's so many, you just look around Park Ferme and you just think, that's nice, that's yeah. nice, what's that? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And, 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 and that's one of the, the things that we enjoy so much because often on our events as well, we, we sort of mix in with, with a national historic uh, class as well. So obviously if we did that in Ireland or the UK, yes, we're going to get quite a lot of um, Fords and things like that, which is fine, that's all good. Mm -hmm. But it is amazing to see the variety of cars that you get out there, honestly, from Auto Bianchi's last weekend and, you know, um, as I say, all kinds of obscure things that you just you just don't see. Yeah, you have and to go over and look at the buyers to see if you try and figure out I what did, it is. Literally, <laughs> yeah, literally, I was looking at one last week thinking, I have no idea what that is. I don't even know. I had to ask somebody in the end what it was. But um, but but I think that, that that's one of the, again, one of the things that I enjoy a lot about the championship and i know a lot of other people do as well is that they they, they really enjoy that variety and and i think that's a really uh, an important thing for us to preserve especially as the cars are getting older um you know we've got cars that have entered events this year that have you know built in 1966 and things like that you know some seriously old tack out there mm -hmm. which is great you know it's great to see these things still going yeah and, and the, the, the drivers are prepared to take them out and use them as well that they're not just like a a show and shine that they've been put through their paces as well. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Marty made um, Marty made a, a point to me last weekend about, um, you know, for example, we have um, the, 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 an Italian guy that's just won Category 4, which is the sort of most recent class in historics in Alancia Delta Integrale, uh, a guy called Luigi uh, Lucky Battistoli. And he has Fabrizio Pons alongside him. I mean, doesn't get a much more sort of more famous co-driving name than that, does it? So, um, and, and Marty was making the point, you know, Lucky is 70 plus. He's still driving this Group A Lancia as hard as anything. You watch him on stages, he's pushing on, you know, and, and it's fantastic to see these cars. You know, as you say, it's not a demo. 
these guys are going at it big time. And Marty said to me, he said, for me to get ahead of him on some of the stages in San Remo was a challenge in itself. I mean, that says it all. We all know how quick Marty is. Yeah. We all know. Yeah. And we know how hard he goes. And we know, you know, that, that, that type of performance. So, yeah, as I say, the sharp end of the series is very sharp indeed. Mm -hmm. um, across a number of different cars from some of the Porsches to, you know, through to the more sort of modern stuff. So it's great to have that variety. And, and I think that really does sum the series up. Yeah, because, like, you know, as well as, you know, like you've got your Volvos and all these, you know, filtering down through the classes, like, to, you know, to see a Porsche coming down the stage, you know, to see an M3 coming down the stage, like, these are, like, you know, the memories that they start to evoke, you know, you start thinking, like, from an Irish point of view, Billy Coleman, you know, Bertie Fisher, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And to see these cars being, you know, but got by the scruff of the neck and threw down the stages, that's, you know, like, I don't know, like there's other events that they might just, you know, might be touring about and they get more uh, show events, maybe not the right word for it, but like to see them being driven as hard as they, you know, as you say, how capable Marty is and to see him matching times with the likes of Lucky and the guy in the Porsche last weekend, like, that's epic. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, because, you know, I, as I say, I, the good thing with the championship as well is the way it works is, as we say, everybody's welcome, and, and um, there's a lot, of, there's four different categories, so we go from sort of pre-1969, and then we have 70 to 75, 76 to 81, 82 to 90, so there's a, there's a real cross-section of stuff there. And in each of those categories, you get these battles as well. So, you know, you do see that then, you know, you'll go into category two and you'll have, you know, a guy from Norway called Walter Jensen in a Mark II Escort RS 1800 up against um, an Italian guy, Paolo Pasuti, in a three-litre Porsche. And you watch this Porsche go off the start line and you think, man alive, look, listen to that thing go. You know, you, you just, as I say, for, for anybody that loves rallying, it's an amazing championship to be part of, just to just to be there to see these cars, but also to just to go out there and listen. You know, I'm 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 a bit old school, probably why I'm involved in a historic championship and I've got grey hair. Um, I am a bit old school. I do like to go and listen to these cars as well. And honestly, the variety you get, you know, listen when you're in the middle of a stage and you can hear, you know, a Sierra Sapphire four by four Cosworth coming, you know, down the road, Group A car, and you can hear the turbo chatter. And then you hear that Delta come in and then, you know, then all of a sudden the unmistakable sound of us, you know, the Porsche coming in, in, you know, screaming down the stage, these Porsches. And you just think, this is ace. <laughs> this, this is valid. You know, yeah. this is, this is what we, you know, it, it's brilliant to have that variety. And, and that, again, as I say, is just, I think everybody just puts a smile on their face. And I think that's what, that's what it's all about. It's about coming away from these weekends and thinking, do you know what? That was ace. Yeah. That was really good. And the, another thing that's always been kind of you know claimed with you know the, the sort of like the, the purest oh if never a four wheel drive comes into the strikes it's going to destroy it for everybody it hasn't been the case like you know the four wheel drives you know yeah maybe on gravel but on tar like the two wheel drives is <laughs> as quick and quicker really aren't they you know so. absolutely and and you know as I say um, there's a whole range of variety of cars that that can be used or couldn't be used and you know. I think the boys made a point last weekend about, you know, some of the Porsches in Italy and stuff that are really sort of geared for those types of stages and, and have got, you know, they've got massive, re massive rear tyres on, you know, huge amounts of rear end grip and front end grip. You know, they've got loads of power as well. You only have to hear the things you can tell, you know, they're, they're, they're serious pieces of kit. And, and as I say, you know, cars like that on certain stages, you, you, you kind of see things ebb and flow. You know, we, I, I was stood in the middle of... Um, one of the stages on the Lati historic rally in Finland, you know, which is obviously a gravel event. And we were very fortunate to have um, Yari Mati Latvala as our first car on the road. And just standing stage side and seeing the commitment, obviously from a world-class driver. I mean, our, we've got plenty of very, very, very good drivers in our championship, of course, but he's a genuine world-class driver. And just watching the commitment to that Celica was just staggering and seeing the difference in times between someone like that in a car like that compared to others as well was just staggering and and just wow what a treat for everybody that was to to, to see that and to just to listen to how long somebody can stay in sixth gear for on gravel was another thing as well so i know i, I do know that some of our finnish friends did say that these stages are way too fast and having now listened to yari matty going off into the distance <laughs> what seemed like about 10 minutes in sixth gear maybe they were right <laughs> everybody else enjoyed it 
Yeah, and like an, an, another man that's been a, a strong supporter of the championship over the last few years is Ernie Graham. Uh, you know, like a man uh, he lived in Northern Ireland, but he's overlived in England now. And like Ernie has been, you know, typifies what's good about the European Historic Championship. You know, he loads the car up, they set off as a family occasion, having the wife doing the events. You know, the the son goes out and plays on the events as well. That just, you know, that's really all that's good about rallying. It's a family occasion. It's a family uh, affair. Yeah, I mean, it's unthinkable to think of the EHRC and, and not associate Ernie uh, and Karen with it, to be honest with you, and, partic- and particularly Ernie. I think Ernie has, I think Ernie is literally our go to person for pace notes for the championship as well. Now, maybe he won't thank me for saying that to everybody, but literally, he is the oracle of all pace notes of, I think, nearly every road in Europe that has been used for a rally. Ernie's got a set of notes for it somewhere. So, it, this is a massive advantage for people coming to the events as well for the first time is that Ernie does seem to know everywhere and, and has been there at some point in the, in the past 15 or 20 years. So, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, that's the type of Ernie. You know, first of all, Ernie's an absolute gentleman. He is an absolutely brilliant person. And he's one of those people as well that makes other people feel so welcome. And I know, for example, a very good friend of mine, Tom Coftry, who's joined the championship this year and has really enjoyed it, has done a lot of work with um, Ernie this year. They've, you know, sort of buddied up together on events, helped each other on events. And I know that's been a massive, massive help to Tom. And that's something that, again, does kind of typify the type of people that we get in the series. You know, it's not all about selfishness and just looking after number one. You know, people really want others to come and join those experiences. And I think Ernie typifies that. And he's he's been, you know, he's first of all, he's been brilliant with me. Um, but also he's 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 a massive ambassador for the championship. And 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 like I say, people like that do have a really positive effect on others because they just make them feel so welcome. Excellent. And then, you know, and also in San Remo, we had seen some of the Irish guys over dipping their toe in the championship as well, too. We had Donna Kelly, Ray Breen, uh, Martin Collin and all, too. It's great to see guys going over and sussing it out, I suppose, seeing what it's all about. Yeah, and I'd like to think that all of those guys came away with a positive experience for it as well. And, and you know, I, I certainly did my best to, to, to make them welcome. I know the other competitors did as well. It's fantastic to see them there. And, and again, with a variety of cars, you know, Fabulous to see a Subaru Legacy. Uh, Donna was there, obviously, enjoying himself in the M3. I know they had a bit of trouble um, uh, mechanically, I think. But, um, yeah, you know, fantastic to have people like that come in and, and seeing what it's like and, you know, just feeling part of, of, of what we're trying to achieve. And, you know, it's not rocket science what the championship is about. The championship is about enjoyment. It's about a celebration of cars, a celebration of rallying. And I, and I like to think that, you know, for, for people to come to compact recce's, compact rallies, and just come and enjoy it. I think hopefully, yeah, again, we can see more people come um, and do that. And, and as I say, they, they'll be assured of a very friendly welcome to the championship. That, that I can assure anybody. Yeah. And, like, you know, in, in Ireland in particular now, the last few years, historic rallying has become ever more popular. I know we had a round of the European historic a few years ago in Killarney. Would it be something you'd like to see it return to, well, even Ireland or the British Isles in general, really? Would it be something you you would like to see yourself personally? Of course. Um, absolutely, no doubt. Um, you know, I've been, I haven't actually rallied that much in Ireland. I have done some rallies in Ireland. And I've obviously, like most like most people that go to Ireland to rally, I had a fab- fabulous time. And actually, when they were in Killarney um, for, I think it was 2014, I did it in a, a Vauxhall Chevette HSR. Um, an ex-Tony Pond Manx rally winning car. So there's a bit of history as well. Um, I had a fabulous time on that event. And I know some of the competitors that went there really enjoyed that experience as well, of doing some of the classic stages, Moles Gap, Ballock Beamer, things like that. You know, they really enjoyed that. Going back to your question, you know, would we be open to, to things like that? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, nothing's set in stone forever with a championship like this. So, you know, one of the things that we want to do is, is give people enjoyment, give people variety. Um, and obviously, Ireland is well. Well, it's, it goes without saying that you know if you go to Ireland for a rally, you know it's going to be an enjoyable occasion for for all those things. And, and as I say, the core things for me is that we offer good compact rallies, great stages, fun environment, but also an opportunity to socialise and get together and have fun together as well. And let's be honest, we're never going to have a problem doing that in Ireland doing this. <laughs> so. I think we'd be okay on that front. So, yeah, no, absolutely. The door's open always for, for discussions in the future about where we can go, what we can do. 
And as I say, as long as it fits the bill of is it going to offer a good event, is it going to offer a fun event, and is it going to be something that people will will go away from it having thought, you know what, we had a great time there, then yeah, why not? There's always op- always opportunities in the future. Thanks to Jimmy there. Um, I found that fascinating, Nick, and it opened my eyes to what can be involved there in that European Historic Championship. We kind of think of the, the, the glamour entries at the start of the field, but it's right throughout, you know, the, the guys and girls that's there competing, you know, on a shoestring, same as everybody really here at home, I suppose there's, like, there's the top guys and there's the, the, you know, the club men that make it happen as well too, so exactly the same in the European Championship as well too, which is fascinating and great to see that, you know, it's the club men that makes it really happen and we keep saying it, and that's true. Um, also got a chance to uh, catch up with Kevin Driscoll, and we just kind of run away over what we thought of 2023 and took a wee quick look forward to 2024. Hopefully another exciting year of rallying ahead. It's been another absolutely fantastic year of Irish rallying, you know, both the Tarmac and the National Championship, incredibly well supported, you know, right from the first round down to, you know, the last round coming up in the fast net. Next weekend, they've got 150 odd entries in there once again. Great to see Irish rallying and looks like in a good place. It seems to be, yeah. It's, um, it's interesting that, as you said, the passes is going down to the uh, <clears throat> the last, or this last round of the series. It's the first time I think in 14 years that it's actually been a title shootout as well. Um, it's, it's been a long time since that's happened. So, and obviously the tarmac went down to the final round as well, you know, and full entries for the most part, but a bit, a bit of a blip for the Cork 20, which again, I think was just down to the timing of, of the events and when it was on. But yeah, they had, there has been a huge um, interest in rallying this year. Lots of like full entries for the most part, you know, 120 plus cars in most events. So both championships have, have definitely had had a good year out of it this year. Yeah, and and as well as that, like not just you know, like sometimes that the some of the top guys can race for the championship and then disappear. Maybe by the time comes Donegal and that, you know. But in general, it's been very well supported. And the same with the national, you know, the the top names have kept going right through, and that's reflecting right throughout the whole field. Like, um, bar like the sort of the modified and termite championship, like the you know rally four, uh, the historic especially, all those events. All those categories have been so well supported right throughout. Yeah, they have. Uh, I mean, the sure, I suppose, I think, with the highest number of registrations, certainly in the more recent times, the Tarmac Championship had. And, you know, it, it did it hold up pretty much most of the year. You know, obviously, once the league all passes, things do tail off a little bit. But, and the Championship was still alive and kicking up to that point anyway, and right up to the last round. So you still had guys who would. You know, you still had Marion, you had Josh, you had Callum going to the last round. You know, you had like Robert Barber, Johnny Greer, out of the running. But you know, still with a chance of a top three place, possibly. You had um, you know, Callum McCourt who set out a few rounds. You Desi Henry, like you still had good registered drivers going into the last round. You know, but okay, if nothing else, again, only maybe a personal gain in terms of a victory on the event. But they still could do enough to upset the apple cart when it came to the championship points. And that makes it interesting because it shows up in a whole load of variables. You know, obviously. Ultimately, Callum had everything in his own hands and he, and he achieved what he wanted to achieve. So, you know, he, he's, but it did make it interesting because normally you see in the last round or the second last round, you might only find the top two guys going there and that's it. And, you know, it's a case of whoever comes home first wins. Whereas this way, it was just a bit more, I suppose, a bit of jerky about the whole thing. And you had to kind of watch where you sat and you couldn't go too mad and, you know, watch the guys around you that were registered but weren't obviously in, in the championship frame. So, you know, it's, it, was, it was interesting in that score. Yeah, definitely. It's probably the first time in a while I can recall something like that. Yeah, because like you know, as the Ulster turned out, Callum, you know, kind of more or less drove his own rally. Yes, he wanted to have a battle with for Mo, but like I suppose discretion was the better part of valor there, and it was, it was the sensible thing to do. He was kind of sit back and let for Mo do his thing and keep a watch and brief and the guys behind him. Yeah, and he did as well. To be fair, you know, and certainly he was under pressure from like Johnny and Cahan as well. You know, during the event, so I mean, I suppose it's nice to say that you get the top points. It wouldn't have mattered maybe in some respects if he finished third or fourth, but he still ended up as the top point scorer again. So it really, just proved that he was he was already champion this year. You know, and um, once he got the, the ball rolling properly on the circuit of Ireland, he never really looked back. To be honest, it's just all about moment, momentum after that. He was really, really on the ball now this year. You know, and you know, seems to have got over the early season troubles with the car, or kind of maybe not totally settled in the car, but. Certainly, once he won the Circuit of Ireland, it seemed to change, and you know he just you know really looked back after that. You know he was Josh was kind of playing catch up, not helped by the fact, of course, that he maybe having to change from the old car to the new car, car he was more familiar with, despite the fact that obviously the newer technology might have helped him. But you know even at that, I think Josh would have been under serious pressure even with the older model Hyundai. He's more familiar model, 
I think um, Callum was just just had the age this year on, on, on him for that and probably had ever since the fourth round, you know. For sure, for sure. And like, as we've mentioned, you know, like in, the, in the National Championship, last round, fascinating. It's more or less one or takes all there too. So like it's you know, and it's the same two guys we were talking about as well too. So they really have pushed each other on to another level this year. They have, and I think again we've we've alluded to this before. It's match fitness as well. Yeah. Like it's probably what won Josh the championship last year is that he was doing every round um, of the national, and he's getting tea time and, and everything else. And it was a great, it was a good idea. Callum obviously did the same this year, but obviously Josh has still been able to kind of you know have nicked wins here and there as well. So. Even though he's going to the final round, you know, Josh has probably had as much of a, you know, a handle on Callum in the national rounds, probably maybe a little bit more due to familiarity, but uh, I actually can't recall if these two drivers have even done the passes before. I'm not actually yeah. certain, you know, um, they have, it's probably going to be once or twice in the past, you know, certainly not in a, in a, in a championship shootout situation for either of them anyway, you know, so yeah. again, you're going to new territory, so it'll really, it, that'll make it really interesting because, you know, um, there, there are good stages down there where they are really, Classic stages in their own right, so it'll be interesting to see how how they get on and who goes best with us, you know. Yeah, and like we have to say, like the national championship, like now they announced the rotational, you know, every two years that the events would run, everybody was like, "Oh, is this going to work?" Is this, you know? But it really has proved to be a successful move for the championship because every event now is run with capacity entries and reserves in some cases as well. Yeah, it seems to. Uh, I mean, there are obviously some some issues over the, maybe the scheduling of some events and when the fact that you buy a lot of rallies in one half of the country over a shorter period of time. But I think um, that's probably a discussion for a different day. But it has it has worked. It has given a proper gap between rallies. Um, it has spread out the championship a bit more. You know, not and and not not in a bad way. It just gives a bit more breathing space between rounds. And as you said, it just it just you know it culminates now in. in Trip to Cork now next uh, weekend after next and yeah, and the Faster Valley and yeah I think it does I mean every I think every every national round this year I think had a, a pretty solid entry you know so mm-hmm. I think it was a good good uh, good year for numbers this year in particular even even though the rotation was kind of there you know last year as well and um I think this year it seemed to come out more into its own it was very I don't think any event dipped below the hundred entries in any or starters in any round I don't think yeah. from what I can gather mm-hmm. yeah so like you know and you know as we talked earlier you know the strength and depth. You know, the Rally 4 category you know, you know, has really come on leaps and bounds over the last couple of years, especially this year, like in the Tarmac Championship and the National Championship. Like healthy numbers, tight, you know, epic battles. You know, we, we see the overall battle, but in the Rally 4 cars as well, these guys are scrapping over seconds and tenths of seconds as well. Yeah, I actually haven't seen the points for the national at the moment or what way it is, but certainly in the in the international, uh, it went down to the final round. But what was interesting about that was you had five different winners over the first five rounds, which, you know, is, is a real good sign of competition. Like you had Hugh Shane Quinn, Casey J. Coleman, uh, Ewan Lloyd, Dylan Neves, Keelan Grogan all taking maximum points in each of the first five rounds. So it meant then that at least going to the final two rounds, that there was still a lot to play for for a lot of drivers. And obviously, you um, won one in... in uh, one of the events and Shane won the other event, so it, it meant that that uh, Shane took the title as it turns out actually eventually. So, but it was a great. Uh, it, it was actually some, some serious driving going on under this year. It was really uh, really worth looking at now, you know, and the the, the commitment and the effort and you know, the speed that they were carrying and you know they were pushing their way up the field and it's probably just I suppose just to go off topic slightly on that it's probably and I know they're all always including the international ones. What's also interesting is oftentimes to see where they fit in in terms of modifies around them and the historics around them, and especially in the fields where everything mm-hmm. is mixed in these days and all the results are classified together, which is the way I think it should be anyhow, and yeah. it should have been for a long time. But it is interesting, and you get a fair idea of, it's bit, of the pace they're at when you see the caliber driver that they're you know in a different category that they're shooting out with, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see how high they're climbing up the overall leaderboard. Yeah, board, yeah where, exactly. You know, where a, mm-hmm. you know, a, you know, a couple of years ago they've been finishing. 12th or 13th overall, and you're thinking that they're not really, you know, but suddenly they are finishing 13th or 14th overall. Yeah, and really exactly. More up there. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and if you look at some of the top modified guys or some of the, even the mid-range modified guys that are out there, you know, and you see them where the, R, the R4 guys are, are there with them, you know, it gives you a fair idea that of the pace they're on then. Yeah, and like the, the Tarmac, the historic championship this year, like the, this, you know, the, we've mentioned it before in the podcast, it's going from strength to strength. The numbers that they're getting... The, you know the level that you know the, the level that's at it's not no longer you know a, a driver out now it's gets hard charging guys who are giving every bit as much as the guys at the front of the field 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the show was a fantastic uh, championship. Now, it was probably well wrapped up by by Duncan Williams, probably since Johnny Gall, in, in the sense that he went every round, got some really good results. Uh, some guys probably didn't get points early uh, early in the season, enough points, and didn't maybe see out the season. But there was some good stories. I like. I mean, Neil Williams is still very quick, despite you know not only doing a couple of rounds. Uh, Ray Breen, obviously, despite all the personal circumstances, has still had a very good year and a very good you know some excellent results in the Subaru. Wayne Evans had a good start to the year. Then you had the guys like Tom Clark, Will Williams, and uh, Rob Smith coming over. Mike McDade, obviously, very very quick. I think to me the the, the last round, even though Duncan had the title won and was a well well deserving champion, I thought Trevor Wilson's driving was unbelievable in the last yeah. couple of rounds in the escort when he switched to the Porsche. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really spectacular to see, like you know. So, uh, big difference to go from a horse to an escort, but still able to fling it around and you know, and winning the last two rounds. So, do you know who's to know next year if there's um, if he goes out to go out and play again in the escort, he'll certainly be somebody to watch. I think. Yeah, and and, and also a, a top result in the circuit around in the horse as well too. So you know, it yeah, that's right. He, yeah. he has a capabilities of you know being fast and out mm-hmm. the yard there as well mm-hmm. too. So, but yeah, yeah, I I do think Trevor is definitely a title contender for next year if he's. Returns. Yeah, yeah, he was extremely quick in Cork. And he was extremely quick in uh, on the Ulster. So I mean, he, um, yeah, definitely, he'd be one I'd, I'd like to see back. He throw the Catamount pigeons there a little bit, as like as I said, we see Michael McDade out. Maybe not not often up this year. Again, a very very quick driver. Um, that's well capable of mixing with any of them. Just mechanical issues that got him from time to time. And obviously, we have a Welsh story in our English crews that have come over. So hopefully, we'll see more of them again next year. Um, it's certainly added a lot to the whole championship, particularly maybe in the earlier rounds. But it was yeah, it, it was it was good. No, very enjoyable. Um, interesting to see the cars running first. Obviously, there was mixed opinion on uh, how that went in the Cork Twenty in terms of you know blockages. But I enjoyed it actually. I have to admit myself, you know, obviously from an organised perspective, it's different. But I liked it because the commitment and the speed you're seeing even before the first you know or five car comes in the road is mm-hmm. brilliant and it's great to get the old guys exposure as well because you know the, no more than waiting for them at the end of the field. They're, they're worth being there early to watch as well. You know, I think mm-hmm. they're really. They really are something. They're definitely, uh, they're definitely deserve an audience. That's for sure, because you know the commitment that they, them guys are, like, the the level they're at is phenomenal. Like uh, Donegal, there, like Martin McCormick, you know, McDade, mm. uh, all them guys. Like, they, Tommy they, O'Connell, yeah, all these Tommy guys, yeah, yeah. All them guys. Certain times, well up into the class thirteen, you know, the kind of the equivalent in the the modified cars, probably matching and beating them at times too. You know, which is it yeah. just shows you the level they're at and like. And the you know the the older state cars, yeah, yeah, they are, and they're definitely well worth watching. As I do remember, Donegal, Donegal was unusual in that it had a full entry of historics, but didn't have a huge many many um, uh, registered crews doing from the championship side of it. But it had, as I just said, like the likes of Marty, the likes of um, the like and the likes of Tommy O'Connor, these guys, you know, yeah, yeah, and they were they were really you know it, it was enjoyable at the same time, you know, they were really pushing hard, and you know there was guys coming out of the woodwork there that you know that you might only see once or twice in a year, but well capable of getting good results. That's for sure. That's for sure. And you know, like as much as we're, we're probably looking forward to twenty twenty four, I suppose that we can't leave twenty twenty three. It's been a it's been a tough year for Irish rallying, but it shows that you know the the family of of rallying, the the way people rallied around with the tragedies and one thing and another, and the respect that they they, they you know they paid the guys who unfortunately lost their lives. Mm, it has, yeah. It just shows, like you know, Welling is a very close community and. You know, has been an extremely tough year for all concerned in that in that sense. But like the Valley community is very resilient as well, you know, and you know, they, they do come back and you know, they do stick together and that's a good thing about that's what it is a family and that's that's what it's all about, you know, in the in the good times and in the dark times. And there was unfortunately too many of those this year. Yeah. But uh, definitely um yeah, it is. And I think it's nice to see that they, they have that there is that bit of camaraderie and uh, you know, as that family feeling about the whole thing when things like that do go wrong, everyone pulls together. That's for sure. That's for sure. It's been difficult times, but you know we have to look forward to twenty twenty four. Um, things are looking positive. You know the, the Tarmac Championship is, you know, in good health. Um, looks as if we're back to full complement of rounds and all again next year. So, uh, positive vibes ahead of twenty twenty four. In your point of view, I suppose it's yeah. I suppose we're barely over this year yet, but I would say there's enough to be positive about if. You know, when guys can see, I suppose, that's how competitive they can be. And it's like this, you know, Callum has won the title now. Nobody has retained the title since, I think, Eugene back in 2007. You know, so there's, there's that. You know, Josh has had two attempts to try and retain it, hasn't made it, but he'll definitely want his title back next year, I think. You know, there's guys out there like Sam, like Desi, Cahan, you know, 
um, maybe Ali, who knows, you know, Robert Barrable, all these guys, Marion is always going to be there, thereabouts when he the comes over. They enjoy the rallying, they enjoy the competition. And I think that's that's the most important thing. And that's why one, you know, the, the rules changed few years ago and always really bearing fruition. Um, it'd be interesting to see if anybody of the R4 guys will, will step up as well. The RC4 guys will step up to an R5 car. I see Eddie Doherty won the modified, you know, is going with um, an R5 car for the fastness. So, you know, it'd be just interesting to see. There's always, there's always one or two at the start of the year that kind of come in and you're thinking, it's great to see them out there and how, see how they get on and whatever. But, I mean, it's we know the guys that are there that are that pace at the top end. Uh, there's two other categories of guys coming through from the RC4 class, though, or even guys coming from modifieds. But then who's to say that you might get a couple of guys, you know, coming back to overseas who might come back and do a bit more riding at home as well, you know. Yeah. So who's to say? Um but yeah, and like put all that into the mix, you, know, you could have a very, very good championship again, you know. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of registrations last year, so it will be, um, yeah, it, it it it'll be interesting to and look at some of the forward now for Galway again in February just to see where where we go, you know. So yeah, because um, yeah, I, I, I do I, think Eddie Eddie Dougherty could be one to watch. You know, he was very quick in the Mark Two, and his style, like he was, there was kind of very very smooth, very fast style. Yeah. I think that was uh, that was that well into the four wheel drive car. I think he he wanted that quite quickly, you know. I think he will. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes time to learn an R five car, but yeah, as he already has that. You know, just the, the, the style of somebody who would drive an R five car, and that should you know that'll be an interesting one because you know he's 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 done all, all arms and elbows when he's driving the escort, and that 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 style would probably suit him. It might take a few events to get going on it, but you know, certainly. I think he's he's determined enough to to get his he got his first ever win in in mm-hmm. the past twelve months as well. So yeah, I, I couldn't um, I wouldn't you know rule him out for getting some decent results. Other guys maybe you know like so David Kelly these guys could do with a bit of a break as well. You know they've not had a lot of luck this year. Um, I think two years. Just a few yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, most of these guys probably need two or three years now in in a car really to be kind of getting to the level that they want to be at, and you know especially at the at the sharp end of it. Um, not the easiest thing to sit step into one of these down this year, you know, in real in living like living in a garage, I suppose, basically you yeah. know, seven days a week and then driving the car. But yeah, I think it's interesting. There's certainly there's certainly talent there. It's it's um it's how soon or when they do come to, to um you know racing to the, the rally two cars in Ireland, it'll be just be great to see how they get on, you know, and to see if there's anyone there that'll come in and upset the apple cart and and you know, maybe shake things up a little. Excellent. Yeah, well, you know, as I say, like we we are blessed with the you know MI Academy and the World Stage and the European Championship and all that. But mm. even the young guys coming up through that, you know, maybe don't have aspirations to go down that road. Who are want to rally at home? We are blessed with it. You know, a, a, the the talent there. You know, yeah. we think of Michael Boyle coming up through the ranks there as well too. Like another guy mm. that I I think his first one's not too far away. You know, Michael has yeah. no aspirations to be the next. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was about Sinuji, but yeah. very fast and, and very committed as well. Yeah, again, there and they're the ones to be interesting. A bit like, I suppose, like, again, in some respects, he didn't come from the RC2 side, he came from the modified, but again, it's like that. You know, somebody that's young that's, that's you know, willing to take the plunge and try a rally two car and see what happens. And, you know, and, and their aspirations don't extend beyond the shores. And yeah, it's great. It's very better for us, obviously, because it means we get to see more of them, you know. That's for sure. You know, well, uh, no, well, Kevin, as I say, we'll look forward to 2024, and if it's half as good as 2023, I think we're in for a treat. It should be. I'd like to have a quick shout out to my own um, county men, our near, near enough neighbours, Darrell Donovan and, and Donovan, sorry, Darrell Donovan and uh, Michael White, who won the junior championship this year. Of course, uh, yes. Uh-huh. Not that far away, and, and an even closer man, uh, Dylan Doonan, who won the modified Navigator. Um, he sat in with four different drivers during the year. So even though Eddie won the, the driver's title, Dylan won the, the uh, navigator's title. So mm-hmm. he sat in with Keen Walsh for three events. He had um, uh, Justin McCauley and he had uh, Keen Walsh and he had uh, Barry Morris and Raymond Conlon. Yeah, so, yeah. so I'd like to give them a big shout out. I said all of them living with him about six or seven miles of my home place. So it's nice <laughs> to see. But, nice to see uh, Trophy sitting down this direction. I, and as again, you know, we keep saying, you know, it's this young talent coming through, you know, the the juniors and you know the mother and you know the co-drivers as well. The wealth of talent that's there too. Like we've seen them improved in the world stage and one thing and another. And this is their this is their training ground. Yeah, and I think again like that you you kind of said it there. I mean, how many of them really of all these guys that have won the championships have aspirations to go abroad? Probably only a small percentage. That means if the rest of them can stay rallying and do what they like and are do what they love doing and do it here on these shores, and it's better for us. It's better for all. You know, it means. 
we're, we're seeing some great racing. Thanks to, uh, to Kevin, as always, very insightful and very knowledgeable. You know, what can we say? There's what Kevin doesn't know about Irish Aliens, not worth knowing. Um, so that was Season 2, Episode 32. As always, can you please like, share, rate, subscribe? All those things make a huge difference. And, uh, you know, the figures have been fantastic this last few weeks, as always. So thank you very much. Please just keep doing what you're doing. If you want to drop us a message, any and you'd like to talk about, please feel free to catch up with us on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all those things, or drop us an email at crunchinggears at yahoo.com. So until the next time, take care, speak soon, and bye.